ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in the country of Japan, Ireland, and Germany, and the states of Georgia, Arizona, and California. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Laugh. You cannot laugh and be sad at the same time. You can shift your mood by forcing yourself to laugh. Do this by making funny faces at yourself in the mirror, laughing at nothing, or participating in laugh yoga classes. You can also watch a funny movie or program on television. There was even a time when I bought comedy albums, joke books, and humorous novels. Or maybe you have a friend who always knows how to make you laugh. Laughter is the best medicine, and it does matter how we formulate our jokes. Humor can be kind and gentle or mean and derogatory. Think about the jokes that you tell and whether you'd like to be the target of the punchline. Tell a kind joke or laugh at yourself. The point is to make yourself and others feel good. My assistant Susan is a master at finding the humor in the most challenging of situations. We laugh our way through many problems, and I am so grateful for the gift of laughter that she brings into my life. Laughter diminishes the problems and makes room for solutions to emerge. 
The quality of peace within the individual, a nation, and the world comes from the divine feminine. As we fill with this new energy, we automatically spread it everywhere we go. The divine feminine helps us heal physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. The divine masculine energy has dominated the world for several centuries. For love and peace to prevail, we must balance this energy with the divine feminine aspect of love. We see how important this is when we watch what's happening in the United States and throughout the world with increased fear, anger, and verbal and physical violence. Because we so desperately need the divine feminine energy now, I'm facilitating the Am Awakening, embodying the divine feminine. This guided meditation will give you increased healing, intuition, and connection to spirit by opening new channels or chakras to bring in the divine feminine aspect of love. As you balance the yin and the yang within yourself, you bring peace and harmony to yourself and the world. Be among the first to receive the blessings of this meditation. Join us, relax, and experience wholeness. The Am Awakening will bring you more healing within your body, increased creativity, greater connection to your limitless higher self, increased intuition, and improved healing of your heart that is your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual heart. We'll be at the Dallas Meditation Center in Richardson, Texas on August 19th at 2 p.m. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area like overcoming abuse or learning to think and live without fear. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Dr. Barbara Jaffe, who will talk with us about knowing you are good enough. Last week's show with Estelle Frankel and learning how to face the unknown was wonderful. One listener who was in the midst of a major move to a new city wrote that she really appreciated this show. It was just what she needed to help her walk into the unknown with more ease. 
Estelle pointed out that the feelings of excitement and fear are the same. We can choose to feel the emotion of the unknown as excitement or as fear. Just know that we have, knowing that we have a choice can change our whole experience. Estelle changed her own journey and shared it from being adventuresome as a young woman, almost defiant, and then becoming fearful like her mother, and finally choosing to rediscover the adventuresome part of herself. Fear had cut her off from her authentic self, and the price was too high to pay. Real courage and strength is the willingness to become who you really are, to uncover the parts that we hid even from ourselves in order to be accepted and loved. Those who truly love us will support our journey into the unknown of who we are. To help people move into the unknown with more ease, Estelle uses biblical stories like Abraham and Sarah's journey to a new home, the Exodus and Jacob's story, as well as Buddhist ideas about not knowing and having a beginner's mind. For inspiration, hope, and practical ideas on how to move into the unknown, I encourage you to listen to this show by clicking on the episode link on this page. For previous shows on overcoming fear, please listen to our April 20th show on A Course in Miracles, our February 23rd show on Creating a Happy Life, and Overcoming Fear with Rabbi David Stern on March 12th, 2015. You can hear these shows or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Some people listen when relaxing, sharing time with a loved one, exercising, commuting in the middle of the night or when and needing some hope and inspiration. Whenever it is, I'm here for you. Now it's time for my silver lining story. In 1998, I became part of a small writing group. We only met for a couple of years, but during that period of time, I wrote a number of pieces that helped me face myself grow, and change in life-enhancing ways. I wrote this in 1999. What if I had been like everyone else? What if I hadn't been fat and klutzy and awkward? What if I had fit in, been able to be whatever it was that would have made me acceptable? What then? Would I have become me, or would it have been too hard to give up the phony self, the one who fit in, who was a part of everything, the self who felt deeply, who saw what others didn't, who knew what others didn't? Of course I didn't have those words back then. All I knew was that I didn't fit, didn't know how to fit, and was desperately sad. I couldn't even hide behind fantasies of I'm smarter, I'm superior, because in fact, I was certain that I was not very smart, that I was not pretty, that I was not good in school, that I was not liked. I had a lot of knots that defined me, but what were the positives? Did I have any idea who I was? No, only who I was not. Do you know how awful it feels to be a not? 
in all the categories that your mother and consequently you want to be a has or is. So how do I become that? Can I will it? Should I will it? Is it possible to just be something you're not, to fake it until you make it? If I pretend long enough, will I become it? And once I'm it, will that bring me happiness, joy, love, and all the things I've wanted in life? I tried. I really tried to not be me. I tried for 40-some years, but somewhere in that critical decade, I began discovering which parts were really me and which I had taken on out of fear, ambition, the need to belong, and not knowing how else to do it. As I look back on that period of time, I realize that it was the beginning of my taking responsibility for the circumstances of my life. Each of us can point to the dysfunctional patterns in our childhood and determine what the roots are of our current pain. If we use that awareness to place blame or create shame or guilt, we are only adding to the depth of our problems and solidifying them. I was actually very good at placing blame and holding on to grudges until someone said to me, every time you tell that story, you let that person hurt you all over again. That was a life-changing moment for me. I now understood that you cannot change the events of the past, but you can change what you do with them. I began to learn how to let go of the pain while keeping the learning and the wisdom. I started asking myself, what patterns was I repeating? Like the movie Groundhog Day, where the same day keeps repeating, how long was I going to keep allowing the same kind of people and situations to repeat in my life. Eventually, I had to shift my perspective, begin to think about things differently, and make new kinds of choices if I really wanted my life to change. Part of that new perspective was accepting that I had to change some of my goals. I could make whatever goals I wanted that were only about me, but I couldn't expect any personal or business relationship to become what I hoped it would. Relationships, by definition, involve other people, and they have to want the relationship to change in the same way that you do, or you just keep spinning your wheels. Sometimes you may appear to move forward, but you always wind up back in the muck if all parties are not in agreement about what they want. You can waste your time and energy and blame and resentment, or you can determine what's good for you and make the necessary decisions for your own health and well-being. My silver lining was developing strength, courage, compassion, self-love and the willingness to forgive others. I learned that there is power in forgiveness. As I forgave, I let go of anger, frustration, and physical, mental, and emotional pain. I even began to think more clearly. It turns out that anger releases a hormone that temporarily lowers your IQ. If you're holding on to old anger, which we all do, we're hurting ourselves and diminishing our competence. The more we let go, the smarter, healthier, and happier we become. 
Our guest today understands the power of letting go and learning to love yourself. Barbara Jaffe received her doctorate in education from UCLA. She's a tenured professor of English at El Camino College. Her focus is on helping students find their voice as a writer and teaching other instructors how to do the same. Dr. Jaffe received awards for Outstanding Woman of the Year and Distinguished Teacher of the Year from her college. She also teaches about the Holocaust and is a docent at the Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles. Her new book is When Will I Be Good Enough? You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you, and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world, fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music, and the joy of being alive with all the violence, hurtful words, anger, and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. As one Facebook friend just wrote me, I love your thought for the day. I often copy them into my screensaver. And another one wrote, thank you for spreading love. So many of your posts make me smile and are filled with positive, beautiful things. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook, then friend Paula Joyce, and I will help you be part of the solution. Click on the link to read about and register for the Am Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, or to schedule one in your area. Go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Barbara Jaffe to talk with us about becoming good enough. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach millions of people. If this interests you, or if you want to help sponsor the show or become part of the conversation today, please call 888-346-9141 or email DR. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down who you want to forgive. I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Barbara Jaffe to talk with us about becoming good enough. Welcome, Barbara. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Dr. Paula. Thank you so much for inviting me. I look forward to our conversation. Um, Well, you're welcome. The title of your book and what you talk about really resonated with me. I remember um, a book years ago called The Good Enough Parent. Um, And, you know, most of us strive for perfection as opposed to allowing ourselves to be good enough. Um, So I I love your title and I love your message. Um, Would you... Talk with us a little bit about what a replacement child is. Yes. Um, In the literal sense, a replacement child is a child that is born after the death of a sibling. So in a sense, the family was complete. The parents perhaps did not want any more children. The child sadly passed away, and another child was uh, born to actually replace that child, even though, of course, we know that no child can replace another child in terms of the numbers that that the family would be complete. And that was the case in my family of origin. I have an older brother, Stephen. He's about six and a half years older than I am. And then Jeffrey was almost two when he passed away. And then I was um, conceived just a few months after Jeffrey died. So, and, and as you described it, tell us what happened when your mother was grieving and um, so deeply sad that she couldn't even get out of bed. I, I just was horrified by her experience. Yes, my, my heart really bleeds for her. It was at a time that therapy and perhaps family groups with loss were not very prevalent and especially in our family, we did not talk about a lot of things that were so painful. 
Um, her doctor paid a house visit as she was in the depth of her grief, and he literally slapped her across the face and said, you need to snap out of it, you have a child, move on, and have another one. And she would often refer to her to that experience as her therapy. And it was tragic, and um, she, she never really recovered as any parent could not, but she had none of the skills and tools to really move on from that. So she spent many, many days um, as I was growing up and, and throughout her life in bed. It was a depression that was very hard for her get, to get out of now and then, not all the time, but often. Well, because she had never been allowed to grieve, and what that doctor did, I label abusive. I know he thinks he was helping, but what he did was destroy a part of her and deny her the uh, ability to let go because he wouldn't let her fully feel and, and release the experience of, of, of the tragic experience and, and huge pain of losing a child. Exactly. And so I, I can't even imagine what my mom experienced. And as a result, when I was born, it was very hard for her to connect with me, especially as a baby. My father was the one to get up with me all the time. And he was the one that I would call as I grew up. She was worried, I'm sure, that especially when I got sick or any of the childhood illnesses, she just became a puddle on the floor. It was just too much for her, and I can understand. She was probably fearful that I would also die. Which would make sense. And your father was able to function because he dealt with the grief differently. Would you talk to us about that? Yes. Um, he, he, by nature, I think he was more resilient to begin with. He was also very focused on his business and working, and I think he had an outlet. He also was very comfortable over the years talking about Jeffrey if we asked questions, and so he had a different way in which to process the loss. Um, so I don't know how together they were in being able to talk about it. It was um, I remember being brought downstairs and my father showing me Jeffrey's baby book um, and, and the last entry, how tragically sad it was that he wrote. My mother never looked at anything, never saw any photos after that. So he had a different way of processing it and I think, of course, it was more healthy, but that, I think, a lot had to do with his personality. So a, a legacy of grief and of loss sort of overshadowed your life. And I'll add abuse as well because I feel like your mother was abused in that situation with the doctor. And what we know is that hurt people hurt people. I think there are a lot of lenses with which to look at um, your childhood experience, which influenced your whole life. Yes, I, I think that's true. And I know for a fact that my mother loved me so much and as much as she could, but there were times that that love was conditional. And, and that's a very hard way in which to be brought up. My brother, my older brother, Stephen, as I mentioned, he has a, a different experience and a different experience as the first child, as the only son, um, and in terms of that conditional love. But um, while I feel that I had a very good childhood, I grew up with 
the idea of feeling that I needed to be perfect, that I needed to make my mother happy. That was my mission. That's a very tall order for any child and one that shouldn't be put on a child, but that was instinctively put on me. Well, and it deprives you of your childhood because in many ways you had to become the parent when you were a child needing a parent. That's right, exactly. That's right. I needed to just be a child to grow up, and um, but when I was upset about something, my mother, it became her upsetment, and she wasn't able to process it. She wanted so much for me to be happy and have everything fine, but yet, if, you know, the human condition, we're not always that way, and, and she had a hard time validating my, me when I was upset. Well, and, and when she wasn't able to process her own feelings, she had no way to help you process and release your feelings if they weren't perfectly happy and joyful. No, that's very true. It's a very good point. Uh, you know, I also think that there's, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of a replacement child, and I really think that in some ways all of us are replacement children, whether it's that we want to, our, our parents were unhappy as a child and think that, you know, they can um, live their uh, a joyful childhood through the children or they're lonely and the child will become their friend. There's, um, and, and some of us were named after people who had passed away. And there's, uh, and, and, and the intention really is to um, keep that person alive by being their namesake. So there's a way, too, where, um, and that was my case, where I was named after a cousin who died in World War II um, in the Navy. And so I always felt, I knew that, you know, my aunt um, looked at me as another child of hers, and I knew that that was my role with her, and she was like a um, a second mother, and and so it's it's complex, I think, for all of us. Uh, we have children with all for all kinds of different reasons, but I think that unconsciously, there's always something that we want from them. I think you're right. Absolutely true. And while the lens in which I view my childhood and and my life was through the replacement child, I think you're so right when you say that all of us have areas of our life where perhaps we feel replaced or less than good enough, um, it, you know, we are sometimes compared by, to our siblings, like this is the athletic one, this is the artistic one, this is the academic one, um, people that are adopted or blended families, step families, there are all those kinds of issues that play out very similarly. Um, yes, and in fact, I was just my um, two of my grandchildren were just visiting last week, and um, they were saying, you know, that the younger of the two was the artist, and I looked at. Um, the oldest child and I said you know growing up my sister was the artist and 
But she then became something, found other interests and actually majored in science and learned instruments to play. And I was the one who became the artist, even though I was the one who was told I had no talent. So, you know, there's something that you say, there's one chapter, um, uh, my mother's book, Mandates and Mantras, and you quote Nancy Thayer, who says, it's never too late in fiction or in life to revise. Absolutely. I believe so completely that um, I forgot who said that the statue of limitations on blaming our parents runs out at 18. And we really do have control over the choices we make in our lives. And if we don't, if we cannot control the actual situation we are in, then we control the way in which we, we view it. And um, I, I feel that I've had a very blessed life. I've worked hard to uncover and peel away the onion skin to be able to look at the elements of my life that have been askew and to work hard. But we can revise. And as a teacher of writing, I, I so firmly believe that in all areas. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think it's a really important concept because so many of us, I think, feel stuck. And we talk about the known being easier than the unknown because it's familiar. But when that familiarity hurts us, then it's time to look at, is it really easier to be stuck in so much pain and, and, um, and misery? Yes, absolutely. And, and that was easier for me to do once I went away to college and was more on my own. I could examine and, those pieces. And so how, how, do, how did you and how do you help others to move from whatever happened, because we all have our own story of pain in childhood, and, and even one friend who I have, who she was in her 60s before she said, you know what, I thought I had the perfect childhood, and now I see where I didn't. I mean, eventually, we have to look at um, or continue to be in pain what wasn't working and let go of the fantasy that everything was perfect because nothing is perfect. So how did, do you help people and did you help yourself on this journey of self-discovery and releasing the trauma from childhood? And that's a wonderful question. Um, I, I did a lot of the things that many people do. I uh, talked to a therapist. Um, I did some writing programs with inner exploration. I did meditation. I went to support groups. Um, I explored a lot through my writing because I'm, as a writer, that's how I process things. Um, and then I came to the conclusion that in order to fix the areas of my life that I felt were really a challenge, I would focus on self-worth, self-esteem, and self-confidence. I needed to really be completely honest with myself. I, and you're right, I grew up feeling that I needed to be perfect in all areas, the perfect mother, the perfect wife, the perfect daughter, and that's a tall order. It's impossible. And once I was able to accept the fact that being good enough in all of those areas was just fine, I really started to heal. And the way I began to do that was really focusing on myself. 
Um, I used to have that burnt toast syndrome where, you know, metaphorically, I'd be making a toast, it would burn, I would eat the burnt one and give everybody the better one. (laughs) And um, I, you know, it's okay to throw that burnt piece of toast out or make croutons out of it, and I deserve to have the same great piece of toast. I had a therapist who once told me about his Italian grandmother who, whenever she served cake, would cut the first piece and put it aside and then cut everybody else's. And that first piece was for her. And I thought, wow, I mean, that's such an easy little thing. I would never have thought of doing that. I, I would be cutting the last piece, and if there were no more pieces, then I wouldn't eat cake. And that's not, I grew up thinking that that was selfish, and I learned that that was self-care. So there was a paradigm change within me about um, taking care of myself and those little tiny things that really uh, was, were transformational. Well, because they're really not tiny. They're representative of a concept that I count or I don't count. I'm worthy. I'm important. I deserve respect and love um, and gratitude. And if we don't give that to ourselves, then how can we possibly expect anybody else to give it to us? Exactly. And I used to have the thought, like, my husband and I have been married forever. He should know what I'm thinking. He should know how I feel. He should know what I want. And um, I realized that's ridiculous. I'm the only one that knows all those things. And if I want something, I need to communicate it. And that was transformational, too, something that seems very simple was transformational. In my Chapter 9, I do, I write about what I learned and uh, provide exercises that I actually used and created to help get to the bottom of a lot of these issues. Another um, aha moment for me was realizing that expectations are planned disappointments. Um, I can have expectations of myself, but to have expectations of other people um, in many instances, can set myself up for disappointment. And that's been a wonderful revelation. Let's talk more about that after the break, because I think that's really powerful. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive information on all our shows and the chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self-empowerment. And like our guest today, I use writing as well. Um, And I also have a background as an English teacher and, and teacher of composition so we share that and value the power of writing speaking of writing now on your paper write down how you're going to help yourself feel good enough stay tuned we'll be right back with dr barbara jaffe to talk with us about becoming good enough
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down how you're going to help yourself feel good enough. I'm so glad we're here with Dr. Barbara Jaffe to talk with us more about becoming good enough. Barbara, it, what a delight to have you on the show as, as we were um, chatting uh, during the Um, break just now we share so much and have so many similar perspectives and um, even backgrounds so it's it's really fun um, to communicate it's like you know talking to a um, to well talking with a like-minded person is always delightful and it's sort of like I know you you know we were saying how we seem to know each other even though we never met before Um, so Yes, absolutely. It's that definite feeling of connection. Yes, which always adds to the joy in the program, and our listeners pick up on that as well, which I believe adds to their enjoyment. So um, it's a delight. So can we pick up um, where we were at at the break? You were just approaching a topic, and um, I thought if you could expand upon that, it would be wonderful. Um, I think I had mentioned that the fact for me that expectations are planned disappointments and that I can definitely have expectations for myself, but to have expectations of other people are often not realistic and I would set myself up for disappointment. So in asking for what I want and telling people what I need, I've also learned to not expect so much from them 
And that has been very transformational. It is one of the things that I write about in Chapter 9. Another area is um, not giving advice unless I'm asked, which um, very interesting. I, I used to use the word should a lot. You should do that, or, or I think you might want to do that. And, and I realized that I do not like to be told what to do, and um, I will give advice if asked. And very interesting, I'm not asked a lot anymore, which re- I realized I probably wasn't asked before. Um, yes, and if people aren't um, able to hear it, if they're not ready to hear it, then they're not able to hear it. Um, right. And, and so it falls on deaf ears anyway, and then people often resent and even think of all kinds of reasons why your advice is bad so that we get the opposite <laughs> result that we were hoping for. Right. I can o- only share my journey my story, which is what I decided to do in my book. And that has been helpful because other people can connect without me making it any kind of words of wisdom of advice and telling people what to do. I can only share my journey. Right. And then wherever they are, they're able to process. Each reader reads a different book in a sense because each reader is different. And so what they're able to absorb and ready to absorb is different. Yes, that's right. There's there's one um, paragraph that I'd really love to read. It's from your eight Chapter 8, Acceptance and Gratitude, because I think this is just so important. I have had many challenges, some that have brought me to my knees, forced me to scream and cry and question, yet I have never faltered in the realization that there are glorious lessons to be learned in all of these experiences, from the joys and from the burdens. I am learning to accept all the parts of me grateful for their blend into my unique magnificence. I accept the reality of my mother's qualified love for me, surging in intermittent waves. I also blissfully accept my own capacity to love her unconditionally. These recognitions are all amazing rewards of my inward journey. I just thought that was so beautifully said and is a message that I try to convey every week to my listeners because we all have pain. It's how we look at it, how we use it, what we learn, how we choose to grow, forgive, accept, be grateful because if all those experiences weren't part of your life, which could you throw away and still be you? Oh, that's so true. And I wouldn't throw away anything. I feel blessed that I have taken this journey and I've learned so much to become the person I am today. And now you can share it with others and help them to grow and heal and become more of who they truly are. Yes, that, that is my secondary goal. My first goal, of course, was to write for myself. And then I realized that this could benefit so many people. Um, yes, and I think that it is the personal that helps people grow because they can identify with the truth and the integrity. 
Yes, and I, I did. I wrote my truth. I was very honest about all of the elements of my life that I needed to put back together. Well, and I know that one of those elements is um, was an eating disorder, was anorexia, which you have um, faced, and uh, I, I know there's still remnants, but you have managed to look at that and deal with it and still be alive and healthy. Yes, that has been a challenge throughout my life and during various times of my life, high stress or anxiety, I can see it rearing its head and I'm able to address it and work with it. I can see the origins of my eating disorder, you know, wanting to please, the perfection, um, being a chubby little girl who, who initially needed to lose some weight, making my mother happy, etc., all of those elements. And it has been a challenge, but I am kinder and gentler to myself and understanding in this way. Well, and I think that that's critical, a critical point is that we need to love ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, to forgive ourselves, to accept that maybe what worked for us at one point in our life and seemed like a magical solution as a child may no longer serve us well. Yes, so true. Um, to be the kind of friend to ourselves that we are to other people. And, and that has been a very huge revelation for me, that I can be my own dear friend and, and give myself, you know, the time to heal. And, and, and that, you know, you referred before to having thought that um, putting yourself in first or not last, at least, um, mm-hmm. was selfish. Uh, Carolyn Mace, who um, I I used to love listening to her, um, and and still do. I mean, she's profound. Um, she has books, tapes, etc. And she said that the word selfish really means full of self. And if you're not full of yourself, what do you have to give? You know, if we deplete the energy of who we are, we don't have anything truly to give to others. And so filling ourselves is essential in order to be able to give to others. Oh, that's so true. I love her writing also. I resonate so much with it. It's interesting that you brought her up too. Um, and you're right. I, it took me a while to realize that selfish really is what I needed to do for myself to be, to care for myself, self-care. And, um, I actually have a, a phrase in the book that my mother used to say that mothers of sons were selfish. And I, I have three sons. So I was wondering how, how is that possible? Um, but of course that is not true, but I needed to come, I was the opposite of that. And I think that made me become even more, um, willing to give and give myself away. Um, I realize of course that that is not a true adage and that I am a loving, giving mother and I can also take care of myself at the same time. Uh, yes, it doesn't have to be either or. We live in this world where there are false choices and dichotomies. We can be both. And yes, we I, can. I, 
I love it. Um, You know, we were talking about things that we have in common. Um, I know that one of the things that you did was use Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, and I actually went through that twice. Um, So we only have one minute left. I lost track of time. I was um, enjoying this so much. So if you could just in one sentence or two tell us about how that helped you. Uh, I took an inward journey of writing, uh, writing the morning pages every day and taking myself what she calls an artist date. Not necessarily spending money, but just spending time with myself. And I think that when we, I'll speak for myself, have a lot of challenges, it's very easy to not focus on myself and to be distracted by doing other things. It forced me to look inward, to write about the things I was thinking and feeling, and not to judge myself in my writing by not looking at those morning pages. And that was really the beginning of my healing and acknowledging my creative side. Beautiful. Um, it, it was very helpful to me as well, as you have been. And I am so grateful to you and to the for the book that you wrote and for your courage and strength to be on the journey and to share it with us. Thank you, Thank Barbara. You. Thank you, Dr. Paula, very much. You're welcome. And I encourage you to visit Barbara at barbaraannjaffe.com and thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook, then click on the link to my resources page to purchase Barbara's book and go to my store to purchase my books and learn about my services including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, past life regressions or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops such as Overcoming Abuse, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Finding the Silver Linings. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and also directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their finances, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Then click on the link to register for the I'm Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, and go to the calendar of events and press click here or go to the link, ask Dr. Paula to send me an email with your questions, an inspirational story or comment. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my meetup group, The Ultimate Creative Problem Solving Process. Please join us next Thursday right here, August 24th, for Getting Unstuck with Shira Taylor. Gura, and on August 31st for Making Your Mind a Friend with Jason Gregory, who will be with us for the second time, and September 7th for a new kind of self-empowerment for women with Dr. Susan Edelman. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week.
Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a positive week.